Welcome to the Radiant Weddings Podcast. On today's episode... Cheers to episode 14. Oh, ouch. Oh. (laughs) I'll tone that down for the listeners, but for us, that was like right in our earphones there. Welcome back to the Radiant Weddings Podcast. I'm Rhea. And I'm Joe. And we are wedding professionals who are married to each other. To each other. (laughs) It's key. Um, We discuss on this podcast uh, different tips and strategies for engaged couples to help them plan their weddings with ease and uh, efficiency. That's right. And today we are extra tired. I've got to point that out just initially. Because it's not today anymore. It's this evening. It is. We're recording this at night. For the past uh, few episodes, if you've been listening, you've definitely heard our little baby girl, Jade, who has been cooing and or crying in every single episode. And We're trying to do this without a guest. Yes, exactly. We don't want a guest today. Uh, I know you may be listening and saying, oh, no, she was so cute. We want to hear her again. But you don't have to edit this. Okay. (laughs) I do. And I'm the one who has to edit out all of the things that you don't hear that are quite annoying. So we're going to try to record this now that Jade is in bed for the night. She won't wake up as easily as she does from a nap. And we're in a different room. Right. We are uh, removing ourselves a little bit from her bedroom. So we're recording in our own bedroom. And uh, you didn't need to know that, but (laughs) I'm just saying it's just interesting for us. I'm trying to be careful with how I word this. We're in our bedroom. Welcome to our bedroom, listeners. Yeah. See, that's creepy. (laughs) Is that what you were trying to avoid saying? Yes, exactly. Well, I just said it for you anyway. Uh, Anyway, we do love Jade and... uh, We're so glad that she sleeps. Very happy that she's sleeping right now. (laughs) So, all right. Anyways. That um, is not what we're discussing today. Yeah. If I I feel like this is getting too stressful, I'm going to go get some scotch. You might just have to cut to that. Oh, you want to just cut to that now? Yeah. Okay. Be right back. That works too. So now that I have my scotch, I'm ready to tackle the subject at hand. Well, here, let's just cheers to the podcast. This is episode 14. 14. Yeah. Wait, do a nice little clink there. Little little foliage, ready? Foliage? Foley sound. Nice little ambience. This isn't leaves. Cheers to episode 14. Oh, ouch. Oh. <laughs> I'll tone that down for the listeners, but for us, that was like right in our earphones there. Yeah. Hmm. Episode 14 isn't, I mean, 14 is not an exciting number, but why not care. celebrate? I don't care. We've got scotch. Why not celebrate? So what is episode 14 about, Rhea? Today, we are talking about something that we have termed analysis paralysis. Well, that's, that's not our unique term. That's, that's a thing that people... Right. Those words have been in the dictionary before we came along. But No, but the term analysis paralysis yes. is, is it's a, a thing. thing. But it's, it's a thing. In, in wedding planning, we're specifically talking about it in regards to choosing vendors, correct? Right. So we're referring to the state that most couples find themselves in where they get overwhelmed by the long list of uh, vendor potentials that they could hire and kind of get caught in the question of what are the qualities that they really are looking for and, um, you know, how, how do they actually make this decision? Right. It can, it can be a little bit um, overwhelming. You know, I've spoken with many 
brides at their engagement shoots or whatnot and saying like, so what are you looking at right now? And they're kind of in a fog. They're like, well, I, I'm on, I'm on the knot. I'm on wedding wire. I'm on Google or whatever. And there's so many vendors to choose from. I think that a lot of the typical planning process is inefficient and it's very stressful. And since both of those things are things that we are trying to teach you how to avoid in your wedding mm -hmm. planning, we're going to show you what we believe would be the much better way to go about choosing your wedding venues, vendors. Right. So I'm, I'm presenting this with the idea that you're doing your planning on your own. If you're working with a wedding planner, obviously they build relationships so they have a little bit more to go off of than just reviews and uh, the visual work represented. Represented. Maybe I'll take that scotch away from you. <laughs> represented <laughs> online. Um, so this, but today we're just talking as if you have none of that relationship to, to go off from. Right. So this is for the DIY bride. Correct. Okay. So what's the first thing? The first thing is you need to collect the names of the vendors that are available. So that's where you go to your search engines and you just collect names of like every photographer, every, well, not every one of them, obviously, but I, I would get a nice long list of maybe 15 to 20 names. If it piques your interest, write them down, mm -hmm. but, but What's don't contact them. Don't contact them. That's correct. This is just making a list. You're not so. making 20 phone calls to, you know, 20 different transportation companies. Right. That That is what I think most people do initially is they start <laughs> calling everyone like, well, we're going to get married. We've got to choose a venue. So they start calling and making appointments immediately. So but may I, to the millennial bride and groom, here's your first tip to de-stress you. You don't have to make that many phone calls. I hate making phone calls. Yeah. I guess I don't really like making phone calls myself, but... It's nerve-wracking every time, no matter how much I like the person. Even you, I don't like calling. You don't like calling me? No. Is that why you don't answer your phone when I call you? <laughs> Recently, no. I had to call Rhea because Jade was sick and she just didn't answer. She wasn't sick. She, she was throwing up. She's a baby who stuffs everything in her mouth and unfortunately, she, she got a piece of grass. In her mouth. So uh, with the analysis paralysis, you, you start with a list of 15 to 20 vendors. If there are that many names, um, you know, just find who you can. Yeah, the number isn't really important in this no. case. So basically do exactly what you're going to do anyway. Just don't, con just don't contact anybody. And don't look at price. Yes. So two big changes that we're going to tell you right now. When you're initially looking for vendors, and this is any category, photographer, videographer, venue, caterer, whatever... Don't look for the price and don't contact them. Just make a list. Right. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about the budget area later because obviously budget is important. Yeah. Budget's important enough to have its own podcast episode, which I believe we do we have, have a one. whole series on budgets, but... Okay. Well, we have the first one in that series. We do have a budget episode, right? I think so. You should subscribe to our podcast and go check out and see whether we have a budget episode and if we don't tell us you can also go to radiantevents.net slash podcast and look at the show notes because that's where we put links to the resources that we mentioned in the podcast correct so once you have your list um you're going to go through each vendor and check out their reviews uh they might have reviews on facebook google the knot or wedding wire which i believe is now the wedding pro or wedding pro 
Um, yeah, the knot and wedding wire are now they're wedding one. pro. They're one. They're one thing together. Um, so yeah, you you can. I see you waiting on your scotch there because you're the one talking. So enjoy your scotch. You can. She's sipping her scotch now. Um, yeah. So after you have your initial list, still before you've contacted anybody, you've just got your list of people that you might be interested in for this category of your wedding wedding vendor. Go ahead and start culling. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about with the reviews. Look at reviews. Look at their portfolio online, any videos or photos that they put up, you know, check out their social media, see what you can learn about them. And if something comes to your mind right away where you're like, eh, not really interested or their quality isn't that good or they have bad reviews or whatever, anything that is kind of a red flag for you, go ahead and just take them off the list. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do is just narrow the list down to a manageable number. Right. And you can even, if, if this helps at all, you can make an A and B list. So if something's just a little meh, you can put them on the B list, but- you know, if you're running out of options, literally, then you can revisit that and kind of dig a little bit deeper. But still not contacting, right? And still not asking about price. We'll we'll get to that reason why we're. I know that may seem weird right now to say don't look at price, but seriously, don't look at the price. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they have it right there on the front page, you know, nothing you can do about it. But don't pursue trying to find the price. Certainly, don't call and ask about the price because that's two strikes. You contacted and you asked about the price. Mm-hmm. We will explain why later. The next thing you're going to do is you're going to try to narrow it down to three vendors in each category. Again, three is an arbitrary number, right? Like it doesn't have to be three exactly, but right. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any more than five. Yeah, three. Three is probably a good number. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you try to give yeah. narrow it down with your clients, right? Like, yeah. okay, here's three caterers, and right. here's the and advantages of each. Which one do you want? It's not to be restrictive. It's simply to give you your best options and to narrow down the decision. Yeah, the, decision these fatigue. three should be the cream of the crop, right? Correct. Like these are like, I would love working with any of these three people. And you've judged them based on the visual representation of their work and their reviews at this mm-hmm. point. And I mean, sometimes I even judge them based on the quality of a website and things like that. It kind of tips you off to their working style. Yeah, it's it's a little it sounds a little shallow to judge someone solely off their website, but it, it also does kind of well, I mean, if you walk into a store, if if you were to walk into a restaurant and they have kind of a, you know, a, a poor paint job on the outside and their sign is crooked and like the store's floor is is stained and whatnot, mm-hmm. don't you think that maybe you'd want to, you know, eat somewhere that like maybe the food is excellent. Maybe the kitchen is nice and clean, but wouldn't you want to eat somewhere where somebody actually cares about their business's appearance enough? That's kind of what a website is. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not saying that if somebody doesn't have a website or has a poor website, don't work with them, but you can judge a lot. I think from, especially a small business, if they've definitely put time into how they present themselves, mm-hmm. because that means that they're, they're passionate about their work. That means that they, they value what people think about their work and they're not just trying to make easy money on the weekends. And it also means that they're aware. They're connected to reality and what the market needs. Yeah. So you you can use those things in factors still. But sorry, I backtracked. Where were we? We had already selected down to the cream of the crop three, right? Right. And then at this point is where I would email them if, if possible. I wouldn't call them outright unless that is your only way to contact them. The reason really? being... Oh, I would have said call. Oh, no. You know why? Because you, you don't like calling. <laughs> that may be one reason, but I have a good reason for it. Enlighten me. I'm going to sip my whiskey. Here. It's because if you email them, that gives you a chance to see how prompt they are with a response 
and where they take the conversation from there. If they don't email you back or give you a call back, some sort of response within like 48 hours, unless it's over the weekend, then they're probably going to give you that same level of response after you've hired them as well. So you want to look for someone who's prompt and clear and decisive with the way that they respond. That's interesting. So your your email isn't just a, hey, are you available? I'm interested. Can we mm-hmm. talk? It's actually a test. Yeah. You're saying that that's, little, that's another one of filter. your tests. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I'm curious, why does that filter not, like, how can how come you can't filter a vendor with a phone call? Like, wouldn't you get the same thing if you had to leave a message or whatnot? Sometimes you actually will get a vendor who answers their phone. Let me tell you, that's a little rare. But, um... I answer my phone. Well, mm-hmm. eh, I, I usually... I, I love it when clients call me, but usually I... They go to voicemail and then I call them right back. Right. Because I'm 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 screening my calls because I get a whole bunch of We get spam calls yeah, all the time. Yeah, so, if you ever if you ever want to open a wedding business, you'll you'll hate Yelp within like forty eight <laughs> hours because they'll never leave you alone. We can get sued for using their name in our podcast. I I don't even care. Just, <laughs> I would like annoying. to leave Yelp a bad review. Actually I did. Can you leave Yelp a bad review I on Yelp? I left a scathing review for Yelp on Yelp. It was did great. They, did they show it? Other people responded to it. Oh, okay. So evidently it was shown. Anyway, That's we are bunny trailing. Yeah, um, and you're and you're way behind me in the scotch here. As always. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so you're saying that it's it's rare to get someone who answers their phone right away, mm-hmm. so it's better to email? Or you're saying that you actually can learn more about the vendor by emailing? You can learn more about the vendor by emailing. And when whether you have an email conversation or phone conversation, you're going to be looking for clarity from the vendor in how they approach the next step. Do they present where you go from here? Or do they just kind of leave that question up to you? Are they giving you a definite idea of what is included within the scope of services or product? Um, you know, are they, are they confident? Are they overconfident? Are they pushy? Those are all things that I'm gauging. You can, you can gauge all that from an email response. Mm-hmm. See, I, I usually can't get that unless I'm actually speaking to someone on the phone. I look for punctuation. I look for, you know, how do they write? I'm not sure I agree with you on this one. If it's all lowercase, poor punct- poorly well, punctuated. Well, I, I agree with you there. I'm yeah. not They're saying, like sloppy emails. I'm not saying that I look at every apostrophe and whether they use the right form of there. No, I, I'm saying that you can learn more about someone by hearing their voice. Oh, right. No, I agree with that. But the email is primarily to gauge the promptness of their response. Okay, which is again how serious they're taking mm-hmm. their business. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, the um, you know the, the, the people I don't think people I don't think brides and grooms who aren't in the industry realize this, but the wedding industry is very very easy to get into. Right, it's stupidly easy to get into. That doesn't mean that you're any good though. For and, most, yeah. For most uh, uh, roles within the wedding industry, you don't need a certification or right. a degree. Right, you just have to let someone know that you're providing a service that they could hire you for at a wedding. 
Right. Um, so the people who take their business very seriously are the ones who are actually trying to make it a viable, continuable, mm -hmm. continuable, sustainable, con con sustainable uh, income source. So they're they're going to take things seriously. They're going to treat their clients very well. They're going to be prompt with their responses. They're going to, um, you know, clean up their websites. They're going to mm -hmm. make sure that they sound professional on the phone and their emails are going to sound professional. So those those are all little things that. I, I know that I look for, and I definitely see you looking for, we know when mm -hmm. you get a, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of someone specific, I won't name them, but when you, when you get an email from a, uh, a vendor that uses comic sans, <laughs> it's a bit <laughs> of a, it's a bit of a turnoff, you know, like, are right. you serious? Right. The font that you use does matter. <laughs> um, that, that is a bit of a rabbit trail, but we're, we're seriously though, like the people, there's a lot of vendors in this industry who are just in it because they think they can make some easy money mm -hmm. for very little work and it shows in their product. And you can a lot of the times know that you're going to be working with these people way ahead of time because of just how seriously they take the interaction with their clients. Right. The reason that you are gauging all of this before you go into the price conversation is to make sure that you're finding someone that you actually want to work with and that you like and that they have you know, professional terms that um, you are able to work within the terms that are in their contract. Right. Simply put, would you want to find out how much someone costs and then find out if you actually want to work with them? Or would you want to find a group, narrow it down to a group of people that you're absolutely sure you want to work with mm -hmm. and then deal with the price question? Because mm -hmm. yeah, most people do that backwards. Right. And, and then they're I, I would just much rather narrow it down to like, okay, I can't lose with any of these people. I have narrowed them down. They're the cream of the crop. I've talked with them. They're, uh, you know, they've, or they've emailed back. Mm -hmm. um, and I know I would like to work with them. So now we'll figure out who do we want to fit in our budget. Right. Now I have a question. Um, in those initial emails, like what should one say? Because uh, oh. typically what I get from a client inquiry is, mm -hmm. hi, Joe, my name is, you know, whatever, whatever. And we're getting married next year on this date. And we want to know what your packages are and any other information that would be pertinent to us. Right. And I I don't really have much to go off of that. And I can say, oh, well, my packages start at $2,800. And I don't know what other information to give you because it's like, I'll cover the day. I'll, I'll, here's what the package includes. Mm -hmm. But... I don't know what other information to give you. Here's what the package includes, but I don't know anything about them. I don't know, you know, what they're planning. I, I don't know what interests they have. I, what, what kind of things right. would you suggest? It's nice, and I'm going to try to make this generic across all of the vendor categories because obviously, you know, with a venue, you're going to be asking questions about capacity and rentals that they include within their packages and with a photographer, you're going to be asking about, you know, any print products and things like that. So there's specifics for each vendor category, but, but across you have the some board, questions that you should ask anyone, right? Across the board, you're going to uh, be asking about whether they have a contract that will be signed. That is a non-negotiable. You must have a contract. Do you do you mean like a specific contract or just like? They have a contract period. They have a contract period. So literally asking, will we get an agreement in writing that right. you're going to do our wedding? And can we review that at this point? 
just to make sure that the terms are terms that we can work within. The other thing is, you don't just want to ask questions at this point. You want to give them a little introduction about yourself, uh, about your story maybe, about your style even, you know, because at this point you've reviewed their work. And so you you have an idea of what their style is. That's another thing to point out. Like you've narrow, you, you've reviewed their work, so you've narrowed it down to people whose work you know you like. Mm-hmm. Because that, that's another odd question that I get is somebody says like, well, tell me about your work. And I'm like, well, didn't you just, weren't you just on my website? Like, should, you should have looked at my work. I, I get a little bit annoyed at that when people say like, hi, do you do weddings? I'm like, didn't you, well, you were just on my website. You would have literally had to scroll through wedding pictures to see my <laughs> contact page. It's- oh, I thought those were all images you pulled off Google. So when you send this inquiry email, you will be asking whether they're available for your wedding date and give them some available times that you can talk. On the phone. On the phone. Give them the best number to reach you. And it's also nice to include a little intro for yourself and your fiance. Okay, so the email inquiry here isn't meant to be, it's not meant to stop here. Like basically your email inquiry is, hey, we are interested Here's a little bit of our story. Here's our date. Are you available? And if you are, can we talk on the phone? Right. Here are some times that work for us. Yeah. Uh, Actually, that little last part is is very Mm -hmm. helpful. If somebody just says, hey, can we talk on the phone? And I say, oh, sure. Does this time work? No. Does this time work? No. Like, okay, well, (laughs) what time does work? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Next week sometime? You can okay, cut out. Just, stay, yeah. just, just give the times that you're available. Cut out a lot of back and forth there. And I think we run into this because we work with a lot of people in the medical field. And they work like... Random shifts. 12-hour yeah. shifts or whatever. Yeah. And so it's not the normal 9 to 5. Um, but after this email, you're going to have that phone call. And that's when basically you're gauging personality and just whether it's someone that you feel comfortable with. Right. You are at this point, wise. you already know that you like their mm-hmm. work. That's not what you're trying to figure out. It's just like, do I really feel at ease? Are they answering any questions that I have uh, decisively? Right. It's like a first Tinder date. You already know right. they're hot. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so serious here. Bad comparison. Yes. But seriously, like you've already looked at their portfolio. You've already seen their reviews. You know you like their product, their service, mm-hmm. whatever vendor you're speaking to. So that's not the question. Now you're just trying to find out if you would work with them. Right. So just have a conversation. And uh, yeah. You know, casually throw in there throw the question in there as to whether they have a contract. That's an important question. It's an actually. important question. Yep. And once all of those boxes are ticked, you know, you feel good, then then you ask price. And you know, if it's above your budget, then you need to go back to, is this someone that I, I really prioritize? Is this a category that I really prioritize? Right. So and you, you go back and you're not just saying, well, we're not going to take anybody at this right. price. For, okay. So actually, so actually now we're in the, the question of budget. Right. Um, and I think that one thing we want to be very specific about is you should go in knowing what your budget is. Mm-hmm. Do not go in and having no idea what these vendors cost because then you're going to be sticker shocked at anything, anything above a dollar. Liter- like <laughs> literally, if I'm serious. Like if you go in and you have no idea, I, I do this myself. If I go in and I need a new, um, you know, some sort of digital gadget and have 
no idea how much it costs,、mm-hmm. no matter how much it costs, I will be like, wow, that's so expensive. Because in my mind, I had just a question mark,、right. which equaled zero. Anything、right. that wasn't free was a lot, you know? So, People, you, you have to know ahead of time what these things actually cost.、Mm-hmm. So, and it's very easy to find out. Just go to Google and say, how much does a wedding blah, cost? Photographer, Which, videographer, caterer. You'll get a huge range because、yeah. they can range widely,、mm-hmm. but it will give you some idea. And let me say, it often is on the lower end. What is? The Google average. Because they're taking. The average、yeah. is on the lower they're end. They're taking,、yeah. um, you know, beginner. Mm-hmm. I was going to call them beginner pros, but I feel like that's an oxymoron. Well, people just getting into the industry. Right. What you really want is like the median price,、mm-hmm. but Google won't give you that. But it'll give you something. Yeah. So, and, and, you, and by this time, again, with the episode that we're previously talking about, you, you should have a budget in mind already.、Mm-hmm. You should know how much money you're planning to spend in your wedding, and you should know what priorities you have、right. where, you want to, where you want to not. Cut corners financially. And speaking of priorities, I have a note on that.、Um, I suggest hiring the vendors that are your highest priority first. Absolutely. Because you need to make sure that they work with your wedding date. And also, that allows you to allocate the majority of your spending on those things right away. And then, if you are spending more than you anticipated on videography, then you can. You still have the option of cutting another area of your budget if need if be. Videography is a、right. priority. In your yeah,、example. you haven't actually、yeah. already spent that money. Yeah. So,、uh, this might be, I might be getting ahead of myself right now, but there's one more thing I'd like to add. And this is, it's not so much advice, but it's just like a, a plea for courtesy.、Uh, let's assume that you're, you're down to your favorite three in a certain category,、uh, venues or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you have sent the email, you've set up a phone conversation, you've spoken with all three, maybe, maybe you even like all three. You've got their prices. So now you're comparing, like, well, we like these people, we like this person for this reason, this person for this reason, this person for this reason, and here's their prices. And,、um, you know, and you, you probably ended the conversation with, well, we're going to get talking about this and then we'll get back to you or we'll, we're going to talk about this and make a decision.、Um, This really, doesn't, this really doesn't help your wedding planning, I guess. But if you have a conversation with the vendor, this is another reason why you should narrow it down to three. So you don't、mm-hmm. have to do this 15 times. But if you have a conversation with the vendor and say, we're going to talk about this and then we'll get back to you, even if the answer is no, it's courteous. To let them know anyway. Yes. If your answer is no, like, thank you for taking the time to speak with, with us. We have decided to go with a different vendor.、Yes. Just let them know. It's much, much nicer to have a no than a huge question mark and waste time following up with them. Right, right. And, and I will, I'm just being honest, that's really just going to make the vendor's life easier. And it、mm-hmm. just, it's just a nice thing to do. It's just, it's just polite.、Yeah. Um, We have an unwelcome guest. That scared the、guest. crap out of me. <laughs> We have an unwelcome guest in our、oh. podcast again. Well, This time we... it's Bixby. That actually made my heart skip a beat. Was... <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man. So, I'm turning the phone off now.、Um, ah, sorry. It, it's, it's, you know, it's nighttime. The house is quiet. 
and some woman was in our room all of a sudden it scared the crap out of me and it wasn't me um, okay so um yeah some other woman was in the room okay so uh yeah, so this this doesn't actually this isn't going to aid your wedding planning, but it, it is a very it's just a polite thing to do. If you say that you're going to follow up with someone, please follow up with someone, even if the answer is no. They don't mm-hmm. mind as a as a vendor, as a wedding photographer. I do not mind being emailed or called or texted saying, "Hey, thank you for talking to us, but just so you know, we did end up going with another photographer." I I'm fine with that. that. Yes, I. I think so much more of the couple, even if that's the reason, because then they're not on my list of follow-ups to make. Mm -hmm. It just, it just makes life easier. And it's just a polite thing to do. So I have a a rant to share. It's a mini, maybe it won't even be a mini. It's a wedding planner rant. It's a micro rant. (laughs) Right. So I have a system for planning in which certain steps need to be done in a certain order. And I guarantee you that 100% of my clients would like to or request or start doing them out of order. But the reason why they need to be in order is it will save you a ton of stress. And one thing specifically that I'm, I'm thinking about right now is you need to hire your venue first. You need to get your wedding date locked in with your venue. And another key reason for this is When you book your wedding venue, you need to ask them if there are any vendors that they don't allow on the property. Because every venue, yes, every venue has blacklisted vendors. Really? This is actually news to me. Yes. I mean, it makes sense, but that's actually a really good piece of information because then right there you're you're getting information on like, these are Mm -hmm. people you do not want to work with. Right. We have a blacklist. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not in, as in, I'm not really in control of it because I'm just a photographer. But I know you have a blacklist. I blacklist vendors uh, for for many reasons. Some of the vendors are the nicest people in the world, but and they're on the blacklist. Yes, because they don't deliver a service or mm. product to the standard that they need to. So it's not just people you don't like. Right. It could be people that you do like. But they for just, sure, if you are nasty to other vendors or nasty to the couple, you're out. Yeah. It's automatic. And there is one vendor on there that has some of the best food I've ever had in my life. And but it makes me but they're rude. almost weep with regret every time. That is a shame. She was, That is a shame. Yeah. She was this is behaving why, unacceptably. This is why you interview people. Yeah. Because you, 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 you can pick up on that kind of stuff over the phone. Right. And... I mean, if I may put in another plug here, working with a wedding planner allows you to have a little bit more of an insider look into the industry. Right, because you're working with somebody who's worked with a lot of people mm-hmm. before. And, you know, my my trial and error that I have with vendors doesn't have to be your error on your wedding day. Yep. It already gone through the rigmarole mm-hmm. for you. I know. I've been I've I've been with you in those conversations where like a bride will say, oh, yeah, we're looking at so-and-so to do this. And you're just like, my heart drops. Stop. Yeah. You run away from them. They just, it's it's yeah. sad that I, I don't understand how people, well, I don't understand how people who behave like that can even still stay in business. Mm-hmm. Um, but sadly, actually, no, I do know why. And cheap. Uh, Well, they're cheap. That's why people keep going to them. 
but I don't understand why they can still have customers if they treat their customers so bad. But that is what's unique about the wedding industry. There's no repeat customers. Right. People do not go back to the same wedding vendors to get married over and over and over and over and over. Like it's not like a restaurant where you go back, you know, once a month or something. Right. No, it's it's supposed to be a one time. Yeah. And I mean, you know, maybe if you're in a situation where you are getting remarried, you're probably not going to use the same people because it would just be awkward. Yeah. So sadly, what happens is people who are just trying to make some easy money, they maybe give a bad experience to their client. Mm -hmm. And then it's not like the client can say, well, I'm never coming to you again because they weren't anyways. Every time is a new is a Mm -hmm. new client. So unless they suck so bad that like they're their word of mouth negatively spreads right. aggressively, which which doesn't happen. Word of mouth doesn't spread as easily as you think. And I think too many times people discredit discredit those bad reviews because they're like, oh, probably was a bridezilla, which that happens. I mean, good vendors get bad reviews because someone- Because of bad clients. Right, bad yeah. clients, but- um, do do take reviews with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, this is another this this is why we're saying we we said we'd get to this later. This is why we're saying don't look at the price first. Mm-hmm. Look at the reviews. Look at the work. Talk to the people. See if you like them. See if you think you can trust them. You'll be able to tell. You can pick up mm-hmm. a lot in conversations. Just just get them talking. Get them talking about their business. Ask them. Ask them what they like about their business. Tell them some ideas that you have and see how they react to those things. Just just get to know them a little mm-hmm. bit. And you can tell. And mm-hmm. then ask about the price. Because if you go towards just the price, you're completely skipping over, do I actually like this person? Right. And we've we've been at weddings where people totally got vendors to do a job just because of the price. And they never interviewed them. Yeah. And it's they a never interviewed experience. them at all. It's a really bad experience. Uh, the budget is important. The price is important. Yeah, but we're not saying go out and get the most expensive person. We're just saying no. talk to them before you hire them. No, expensive doesn't always mean the best in the industry, unfortunately. Yeah. But. Yeah, we've seen it the other way too. Yeah. So with budget, the reason why you get the vendors that are your highest priority first is then if you need to cut an area, you cut something that's not as important. And a a budget is supposed to be fluid. So if your venue is, you know, a couple thousand more than you had allocated for that, then find a way to make that work. If this is the venue that you love and that you're really excited about getting married at, then make sure you can take that couple thousand from, you know. Something that, you know, you're okay with getting from your shoe budget. There's a shoe budget? Yeah. Why I know is there a shoe budget. Because Wait, is it is that just an expression or are you talking literally finances dedicated to shoes I have, to footwear? I have a budget category line item in my in my budget that is for the bride's apparel, um, including shoes and jewelry, the accessories. Okay. Yeah. But not specifically for shoes. Right. Some brides buy shoes. Joe, I'm just gonna enlighten you. A, one pair of shoes that would buy every single pair of shoes that you have. Every pair of shoes that I have, personally? Mm-hmm. 
They're one pair I have, of shoes. I have a lot of shoes from Salvation Army. So I, I think that you're probably exaggerating. <laughs> no. <laughs> Someday I, I'll get I you lost, expensive I, shoes. <laughs> yeah. I lost where we were. <laughs> All right. Talking so about Joe's shoes. I went shoe shopping with him once, but uh, let's not go into the shoe conversation any longer. So to kind of wrap this all up, should I give you bullet points? Yeah, let's see if we can bullet point this episode. Okay. I am going to try bullet points for Bullet memory. point so that basically if somebody wanted to get everything they wanted out of this episode, they could just start listening now. <laughs> yes. So with my late night, I mean, are we parents or what? 9.29 and we act like it's midnight. Well, we did just both finish our scotch. Oh, wait, you still got half I a shot glass. I still scotch because I'm going to celebrate. You want me celebrate. to finish it for no. you? No. No, you. I can just. You. No. I, leave my scotch well, alone. Well, you you obviously aren't really into it. Leave my scotch alone. Anyway, bullet points. Um. So first of all, make a list of vendors. Just a big, you know, compilation of vendors. And then go through, look at their websites, look at their reviews, and call them and be ruthless with it. Look at whether they look like your style. Look at whether their reviews have any hint of poor communication. Just cut out everyone that, that uh, you know, has any hint of a red flag. Narrow it down to three. Narrow it down to three. And then you contact them by email, if possible, those three, and ask if they're available and for your wedding date. And also ask uh, when they can talk and give them your phone number a little introduction, and your best times to talk. And then in the phone conversation, it's basically just getting to know you a little bit. And at the very end, you ask about price. And then... Um, I guess the only thing that we haven't said yet is once you have selected, make sure you let them know that you selected them. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So... I've had that happen too, where <laughs> people are like, oh, yeah, we totally wanted to go with you. I'm like, cool. Uh, could you have told me that a yeah. month ago? <laughs> yeah. So... As soon as you, you have the choice, then you let them know that you would like to move forward, ask them what the steps are for that, and, you know, take it from there. And then, um, you know, figure out how you're going to work that into your budget. Yeah, and a lot of vendors, like, they have options for making sure that budget isn't, like, a, a, a barrier. Mm -hmm. uh, payment plans, you know, maybe they can split it up into, like, four payments or whatnot, or maybe they can customize a package so it's a little bit smaller or... Um, you know, whatever. And don't pay in cash. Why not? You need to be able to track it. Paper trail. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. Paper trail. So I guess Everything. if you do pay in cash, then get a receipt. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Make sure there's a paper good trail. I didn't think about these things. These are good tips. You must mm -hmm. be a professional. Uh, I've been around the block a few times. <laughs> or this ain't my first rodeo. None of that sounds like wedding planner lingo. This ain't my first glass of champagne. There you go. This isn't my first mimosa. Ooh, that I just like makes that you one. sound like... <laughs> this isn't my first mimosa. This, this, is, this is my second. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So th this was a, a pretty practical episode, and uh, I like it. I like that it was practical. So. Cool. Good night, everyone. We're going to go to sleep now. You didn't need to know that. Um, I have some scotch to finish. All right. So, Rhea's going to finish her scotch, 
And uh, I will give the plug for the podcast one more time. You can go to radiantevents.net slash podcast, or you can subscribe. Well, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Google Play Music, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, also, there is an email list. Yes. If you want to sign up for the email list, for the Radiant Weddings email list. It'll be linked below. Mm-hmm. And, the, and or the Facebook group. They're kind of kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will not only get updates on when new podcast episodes comes out, you will get additional blogs and resources and things to help you plan your wedding. Pieces to, of our knowledge. Yes. Free stuff. Yes. Free stuff. Sign up and you get free stuff to make your wedding planning easier. And... Also, we would love to hear your questions uh, that you're encountering in wedding planning because we want to make sure that we're answering your real-life questions and not just the things that we wish you would know. So you can email those questions to me, ria at radiantevents.net, and put podcast questions in the subject line. Right. So Ria is going to finish her scotch now. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot this. Are you not going to shoot it? Good, good. That's a classy way to drink scotch. Yeah. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will see you next time for episode 15 of the Radiant Weddings podcast. And for anyone who is wondering, we were drinking Monkey Shoulder tonight. That's that's the name of the scotch. (laughs) Just in case they were confused. Yeah.